What's up? It's your boy D-Mac. It is uh, Hangout Live, where it's the best chance for me to talk with you about what's going on, the news of the day, uh, what's happening. I It is snack time. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. I'm not going to lie. Watching me eat stinks. But um, it's good to be with you today. I, I, I feel better. I mean, I don't know if you can tell, but this morning it was just. I do love doing this, and I love talking to you. I just was bummed. I was a little tired. I was kind of bummed about just, you know, the Super Bowl. I really was crazy that you're emotionally, you know, that sort of connected to the game. And um, I just think Kyle Shanahan, the more that I think about it, the more I just like, wow. It is. I mean, it's not Dan Campbell bad, but it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, and it's it's um, it's not just unlucky, unless, but there were some unlucky moments. But uh, oh, look at this! And I got Sports Center on next. Uh, costly mistakes, overtime confusion. Yeah, I mean, it's, they didn't know what they were doing. And it was interesting talking with Tyler because, you know, he's got a personal relationship with Kyle Shanahan, which is cool. Um, And they were trying to defend themselves and their decisions. But like I pointed out on the radio, and I'll say right here, right now, there is zero chance any coach, because these rules are, these are good rule changes. They are really good rule changes. It is way more fair. It's it's much better. And it's okay to have different rules in the playoffs than you do in the regular season. It's fine. Baseball has different rules. Hockey has different rules. NBA has different rules. Do they? Actually, I don't know if the NBA has different rules. They might not. But certainly hockey and um, baseball do. It's good. It's fine. It makes sense to have different rules in championship moments. Okay? So the the change is good. It's not complicated. The first possession, two possessions, is identical to college football. You would always want to know what your opponent does first. And Kyle Shanahan's reasoning that he wants the ball third because then it's a uh, a walk-off sort of moment when you score next is insane. It's crazy. It's, It's flawed logic at best. It makes no common sense that you're trying to figure out what to do the the third possession of the overtime silly 
You want to know what your opponent would do first so you know what to operate with. And it is a gargantuan advantage to have four downs to play with instead of three. Insane difference. No coach in the history of the Super Bowl moving forward will ever make the same decision that Kyle Shanahan made. Ever. It will never, ever, ever, ever happen again where you'll win the coin toss and take the ball first. Never. Because although the ref said, well, we're going to start a new game, that's just an expression. You're not literally starting a new game. That is just like, hey, the, the game's tied. Uh, hey, let's. it's a new game. It is an expression not to be taken literally. And it's fine that the referee said it. It shouldn't be confusing. This was an insane miscalculation. And to hear, yeah, they're showing Kyle Shanahan's Super Bowl. Led by 25 loss, led by 10 loss, led by 10 loss. Yeah, man. Listen, man, I would, I'm rooting for the Shanahan's. I'm rooting for the Niners. It was embarrassing that John Elway had to pass the Super Bowl Lombardi trophy to the Chiefs. I, I mean, listen, I, I get it. It's an honor to be asked to be part of that ceremony, and I don't blame John for doing that. And, of course, it was worked out you know, a long time ago. That wasn't a last minute sort of thing. So yeah, man, that's cool that John did it. It just sucked. Sucked. Because you physically were giving them the trophy and metaphorically you were giving them the trophy too by not drafting Josh Allen. We're just handing it over to the Chiefs. I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know what misfired in Kyle Shanahan's brains. He's obviously a smart guy. He's obviously a good coach, but in the biggest moments, he's blown it for the third time. And sure, maybe you got a little unlucky, but if anybody's paid attention to how I feel about special teams, you know. <laughs> Well, you know how I feel about special teams. It's best most of the time on special teams to do nothing. They punch you the ball. Get the fuck out of the way or fair catch it. And for a blocker to be anywhere close to where the ball's going to land, are you bananas? Like, how did you get to that point? You don't know. That in an overtime, you don't what you don't watch college football at all. We killed rightfully so Deion Sanders for not understanding the college overtime football rule. And he was like, Well, I trust my kids. That's got nothing to do with trust. Got nothing to do with it. And in the pros, the system is different than college, that after the first two possessions, then it's sudden death. Whereas in college, you always get a second shot. But Kyle can get up there and say whatever they're talking about on ESPN right now. Here, I can sort of paraphrase what he's saying here. You check. You check didn't. 
Yushek didn't know it. He doesn't know the strategy. Hadn't talked about it. Kyle Shanahan blew it. His players didn't know about it. They hadn't talked about it. You blew it. Meanwhile, the, the Chiefs, Mahomes with Chris Berman last night, said, yeah, we had been talking about it. We knew about it from the beginning. And sure, they were involved with the Bills games that caused the, the rule change in the first place. Let's see what Marcus Spears says real quick. Uh, they're just oh he's saying he's not mad at Kyle Shanford to take the ball first <laughs> well I don't care if you're mad it's not a question if you're mad Marcus Spears it's it's was it the right decision and it was not the right decision <laughs> listen man we're we're not building rocket ships to Mars here it's simple strategery. It's not complicated. And defending Kyle Shanahan on this is impossible when nobody will ever make that same decision ever again. So um, I thought Dan Campbell did a lousy job with how he strategically approached the game. And I think Kyle just blew it, brother. And you're, the, you're, you're, you're blowing leads in the Super Bowl when you can control things and you're getting away from Christian McCaffrey in the third quarter for no real great reason. I mean, even if they're stacking the box, I mean, give it to Christian, set up play action, and throw the ball down the field. Fuck it. Well, I mean, what are you doing? It's not that complicated. Are you unlucky that Christian fumbles the ball? Yeah, really unlucky. He just doesn't do that. That's That's unlucky. Are you unlucky the ball boinks off a blocker's foot? No, that's bad coaching. That's bad preparation. Get him the fuck out of there. Who here thought with the ball in his hands and four downs? Now, you, you know, it's not just three downs. It's four downs now. Four downs. Who here really thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be stopped when he knew he had four downs in one drive? Raise your hand if you thought Mahomes was going to be stopped having four downs. And also, they know the rules. They're going to go for a touchdown because they don't want to go to a sudden death um, field goal situation for the Niners. So likely, they're going to take more chances on fourth down. They're probably not going to just settle for a field goal. They are going to go for a touchdown, which they did. Oof, I'm getting all fired up again. God damn. Calm down, D-Mac. All right, here we go. What up, D-Mac? What up, brother? Is he now the modern-day Marty Schottenheimer? You can start making comparisons to guys who couldn't finish the deal but were universally thought of as good coaches. I mean, Kyle's now in that argument, which sucks, man. I don't like saying bad things, and but I listen, I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't know Kyle. Um, I know Mike. I think Mike's a great guy. I certainly know of Kyle. I know John Lynch. I know the McCaffrey family. But I don't know Kyle. 
So um, th- this is coming from a place of love and respect, but frustration. Uh, let's see. It's really weird how detailed Mike was that it seems Kyle isn't that way. Well, listen, man, I'll tell you this. There is no excuse with the time that you have. First of all, you're the Niners. You had an off week before the playoffs started. And this rule was for the entire playoffs. It's not just a Super Bowl rule. It just didn't come up until the Super Bowl. But this rule was in place all year. And you you had two weeks to get ready for your first playoff game where you barely survived the Packers. And then you had to have Dan Campbell and his idiotness to to help you survive. Thank God you were going against Dan Campbell's logic. Beating Dan Campbell's brain was tricky. You can't make those mistakes against a really smart coach, experienced coach, players like Andy Reid and the Chiefs. As they proved. Just sucks that some of these things come down to just poor. I, I would so much rather... um play makes sense then then you blow something because you don't understand the basic strategy of a situation it's frustrating to me uh the idiocy is special teams again it's so crazy yeah extra point gets blocked a punt is not returned right you, you, you saw uh, mistakes with the Ravens that were, you know, shake your head sort of moments. Special teams, I've I've harped on this forever. It's way overthought. You should be so conservative in special teams because the kickers and punters are just so much better. One of the worst, stupidest, dumbest plays, period, is the kickoff. should get rid of kickoffs. Um, it's a boring play. If you're using that logic, then you want the third possession in overtime, then you must treat the first possession as four down territory and only go for a TD. Kevin, well said. And who would want to have that kind of pressure? That's right. That's insane. You're right, Kevin. That's good logic by you. If you're going to go that route, then it's got to be all or nothing for a touchdown, but why would you do that when you might get a defensive stop? And I get it. Oh, the defense was tired. And oh, All right, well, boo-hoo. Because as I pointed out on the radio, if you go second, even if the Chiefs go for a touchdown, like, for example, the first team, if they get a touchdown, is not going to go for two. No way. That would be moronical. They're going to kick the extra point, which means if you wanted to, if you scored a touchdown, you could go for the win right then and there and go for two. There is no, you're right, Kevin, pointing out what you're pointing out. The only, and that makes no sense. The only way that would even barely make sense is we're going for a touchdown no matter what. Why would you bother with that? If you didn't have to do it. Great point, Kevin. 
Uh, love football more than any other sport, but the Super Bowl has to rank below the NBA and NHL and championship game excitement. Nat neutral feel and corporate fans kill the actual game atmosphere. Well, uh, okay. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, this was a game that Tyler did point out something that I agree with. This had to be one of the most exciting Super Bowls ever. Let's make the argument for that. It was a come from behind game by the defending champions that wasn't tied up until there were six seconds to go in the game and then went a full overtime period that ended on literally the last play of the game. So, uh, and, and there were 47 combined points scored in the game. So, you're, I mean, by logic, this has to be considered one of the most exciting Super Bowls of all time under those parameters. Close game, come from behind multiple times, game decided in overtime on the last play of the game. It's probably going to be the highest rated. And yes, it, it really, if, if you were bored by that game yesterday, then I, I guess you just, you know, I, I guess you kind of just don't like football. Not, I guess you don't really like football or, you know, you didn't really care. Uh, Sean Payton leaves in three years and Kyle's available. Should we not try and get him? Just last week, everyone was praising him and people from his tree, Mike McDaniel. Um, listen, guys, maybe. I mean, uh, it's a weird scenario because I don't see Kyle becoming available. But, I mean, obviously, Kyle's a good coach. But I think John Fox was a good coach. I think George Carl was a good coach. Sometimes, which I hate to say, but sometimes coaches, for whatever reason, are just missing something to sort of get them over the hump in terms of a championship. Hard, hard to know what that is and why. Is Brock Purdy the guy next year for the 49ers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they still got him on a rookie deal. It's a huge savings. Gargantuan, and you can rebuild relatively easily. And I think the odds makers have the Chiefs and Niners back in the Super Bowl again, rightfully so. You've got dynamic weapons uh, offensively for the Niners with Samuel and um, Christian. You've got Trent Williams, the best left tackle. You've got a quarterback that outfitted himself and got his team to championship levels now multiple times. You've got an excellent pass rush uh, with Bosa. Um, the Greenlaw stuff sucks, man. I feel bad for that dude. Hopefully he's back by the time the regular season rolls around. No, you, you've got an excellent team and you've got a seasoned coach who just, you know, made a couple of really poor decisions and didn't prep his team the right way. It sucks. Uh, Broncos need to blow it up. We're behind the Chiefs for sure in Chargers. Well, what do you mean? I don't even know what that means, blow it up. The talk today was like... Um, Kind of this come to Jesus moment where you're like, well, hey, maybe we should hang on to Russell Wilson because the finances are bad. That's a crazy story. I don't think there's much to it. I'd be absolutely stunned if anything happened in that direction. I think there is just there's it's the point of no return with Sean Payton. I think there might be some games being played right now in the media because perhaps there is a possibility that you could find a trade partner for Russ, which would help massively. 
if you could get rid of that contract. So I guess you play that out the best that you can until really it's a final dead end road. But I, I think it's, it's insane to think that Russ would be back with Sean Payton. I suppose crazier things happen, but that would be pretty bananas. T-Bone, I thought Kyle did fine. I didn't like how in the third quarter or two of their drives, he didn't run the ball that were crucial. Yeah, and he made a... <laughs> okay. That That's like saying, uh, you know, well, besides that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Uh, Shane Dog, we gave up too many draft picks for Russ and Sean. Time to pay the price when we're not being the Chiefs or Chargers in the division. It's going to be tough. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be tough. Ain't no doubt about it. Was not last play. They went to another quarter in overtime. Huh? What? Was not last play. They would would have went to another quarter in overtime. Uh... Yeah, but it was the last play of the game, dude. That's what I was saying, James. I love you, James. But there was the last, it literally ended on the last, it was literally the last play of the Super Bowl. I, I, I get it if they didn't get the touchdown and the time went off, there'd have been another quarter, which kind of begs a weird question. What's the point of, what's the point of a running clock? I understand the need for a play clock, but, why, why, why did you even need a clock in the overtime? Actually, I, I actually don't get that. I mean, if you want to do something in overtime, you, you could just say, you know, after the first two possessions, we're just going to flip the field and you go this way and that way. And you don't you don't really need a clock. Get that right. Uh, seven more years of losing. I don't know. Slim Shawnee is going to fall in love with Penick's throwing ability when he studies the film. Well, we saw two mocks today, one by the NFL Network and one from Pro Football Focus, and they both had the Broncos moving up. Pro Football Focus had the Broncos moving to two for Drake May, and NFL.com had the Broncos moving to four for Drake May. They had other trades in there, too, so I won't bore you with all the details. But... um I'll tell you this, man. N nobody, nobody, you will find nobody in bigger favor of doing a move up to get whoever you want. And I would just hope that it works out. But I have advocated for this for so many years, and the Broncos have never bought into it. So you want to see a fan. You want to see a supporter and an approach. You won't find somebody who would be a bigger fan of doing whatever it takes to move up to get your guy. And then, even then, there's like a 36% chance of it working out. But that percentage goes down the tubes. And if you think the Brock Purdy strategy is actually something real, then I got Swampland in Florida to sell you. Halftime. Or the was was Usher gonna come out and roller skate again? By the way, what a wild skill to have in your back pocket. You're a great singer, dancer, musician, 
songwriter, and rollerblader. Uh, what do Nuggets need to do to give us a dynasty? Uh, just keep going. Stay healthy. Yeah, they, they've got the, the parts in place. Keep Murray and Jokic together. Um, hopefully keep Murray, Jokic, and MPJ, NAG together. KCP will likely be a little bit of a moving part. But if you keep um, those four guys together for the next five years, you're going to have three more championships. Uh, true. Why do we need a clock? Y you don't really. I mean, if you just want guys, if you want the teams to switch fields, just do it after um, you get one possession, you get one possession. Okay. We're going to flip fields now. You know what I'm saying? Like, just do it that way. You could just keep flipping the fields. You don't need a running clock. It's not a new game. You could just switch sides of the fields on every other possession. Or or make it two possessions. You get two, you get two. It's time for the third possession. We're going to switch fields. I mean, you could just do it like that. It'd be fine. Uh, rosters rotate, players come and go, injuries, etc. Barring the loss of Mahomes, what does a bad season actually look like for the Chiefs? And is that the only hope for the Broncos? Uh, well, you know, listen, Brady didn't win every Super Bowl every year and went to most of them. But, you know, um, no, I mean, you could catch them. You know. <laughs> it's not going to be easy, though. W what we're likely staring at with Mahomes and the Chiefs is Tom Brady and the Patriots part two. I mean, they, they got rid of arguably the most dynamic offensive playmaker in Tyreek Hill in the entire NFL, and they won twice without him. Uh, they would have had a halftime if it had gone that far. I, I don't even know what that means. Like, like a, why? What do you mean a halftime? Like, go into the locker room? What, between the first? Okay. Bore you a truth. Gotcha. Uh, definitely prefer Penix Jr. Okay, that's cool. Listen, you can like whoever you want. It's one thing to have a strategy and how to do it. It's another thing in terms of talent assessment. It's two different things. Two different things. You have to be good at both. You have to have the right strategy, and then you have to have the right football assessment. Dude, I'll tell you this, man. I don't get paid millions of dollars to, you know, nobody's looking at me to break down quarterback film, that's for sure. But in terms of the right strategy to approach things, I'll put my strategy against anybody else's. And trust me, my strategy is boring. My strategy has been adopted by most NFL teams. Most have adopted my strategy. Now, in terms of quarterback assessment, you know, a lot of these guys look all the same to me. But, you know, that's that's why they get paid the big bucks, to figure that stuff out. That's what they know better than me. I don't even bother with that. I don't pretend to be a scout. I don't pretend to be a GM. I've had people say, oh, thank God DMAC's not running my blah, 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 blah. Oh, really? Yeah, God forbid that we use a strategy of doing what it takes to move up and everybody being on the same page to get a quarterback if you don't have one. 
and then to back that up later in the draft, which is part of my strategy too, as other teams have adopted, and draft a quarterback fifth, sixth, seventh round every year until you find somebody that you think might have a possibility. And then to center everything around the highly drafted quarterback, everything. Not an afterthought like Drew Locke was. It was just an afterthought. He was an afterthought because he was taken in the second round. So he got less opportunity and less of a priority, and you had him for technically less time. That is a dumbass thing to do. So, yeah, if you're going to take Locke, take him in the first round, commit to him, or just leave it alone and, and take somebody in the fifth round or deeper. Mario, thanks for becoming a YouTube member. Appreciate it. It looks like uh, Jokic giving the peace sign there. Thank you, though. Uh, let's see. Do you think the Nuggets get the first or second seed and don't does it, uh, uh, does it hurt repeat chances? Um, well, as it is, there's four teams that are practically tied. I mean, I think uh, you got the Wolves, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the, don't tell me, Thunder. And after that is Sacramento and the Suns, and they are right on the cusp of not being able to catch these teams. I really do believe five games back at the All-Star break, you're not catching a team ahead of you. I, I The degree that you would have to play well and that team would have to collapse after the All-Star break, it's, it's improbable. So the worst, and it's shaping up like that right now, right now, the Nuggets have a five-game lead, so there's two games to go. I think they're going to destroy Sacramento on Wednesday at home because Sacramento will have three games in four days, and they'll have to visit Denver on a back-to-back. -back. So how do you like them apples before they go on their you know Cancun on three moment before the All-Star game? The Nuggets should want some sense of revenge, and they should want going into the uh, all-star game. And so if they can sneak a win out tonight, I think they're going to cruise by Sacramento. And frankly, if they didn't cruise past Sacramento, I would be a little worried, a little worried, not a lot of worried, not, not like the avalanche. The avalanche are a lot of worried moments right now. Uh, to be honest, I'm done being an armchair Scout and GM, I can't guess these quarterbacks anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. It's super difficult. You don't know. And, you know, Drake Mays from North Carolina, which might have a bit of a stink of Mitch Trubisky, but you don't worry about that. You don't worry about that. Uh, let's see here. Your strategy would have drafted Josh Allen instead of Bradley Chubb. Well, correct. And I was at a bar, literally banging a table, screaming for them to take Josh Allen. And they took Chubb and everybody at the bar yelled at me and ha ha ha. And wasn't that funny? And um, it was, if not the worst draft mistake in Broncos history, I would like to know what was worse. If that wasn't the worst, what was more worser than that? Uh, the, the blocked extra point haunted San Francisco. True. They had Tone Loke on standby in case they needed a second halftime show. 
But does Tone Loke know how to roller skate? See? Those are the questions that's hard to answer. DMAC should apply for the Broncos scouting department and become the first radio personnel in history to turn an NFL team quarterback room. No, no, no. Here's, here's what I, I've had people say that to me about like, oh, well, you should have been a GM. First of all, had, had I dedicated my life to being a football GM, what do you think? These guys are that smart? You think it's that tough of a job? I mean, without a doubt, NFL GM of all the GM jobs is by far the easiest be, besides baseball. Think about it. Baseball, basketball, and hockey. You find talent from all over the world. It's so much more complicated. They hand you the players on a silver platter in the NFL. First of all, they're all American. They all have to go to college. Uh, there's an assessment process that you clearly know who the best ones are. <laughs> it's by far the simplest uh, GM job of all the major sports. It's not even close how simple it is compared to the other sports. The vast majority of positions in the NFL are simply defined by height, weight, and, and very specific measurables. What do you think? It's difficult to figure out, well, how big do you have to be to be a guard? You know, it's tricky trying to figure out who's going to be on your third line. Uh, how about figuring out, you know, um, scouting Serbia for basketball players? Uh, let's make a rundown and check out 15-year-olds in the DR to see who's, uh, who's our guy. Those are hard jobs. Football, NFL GM? Come on. Without a doubt, the easiest GM job to have. Now, that being said, I didn't spend my life dedicated to doing it. But I don't think it would be ridiculous. Maybe I should have. Because I just don't think it would have been that hard to do. But, okay, whatever. But that's... It's not what I, I don't forget it. What I, what I'd be great at is, is an advisor or a consultant on just a couple of things, quarterback strategy on how to get one and fill up your quarterback room. And the second, maybe I'd be uh, second would be special teams advisor. And third would be overseeing coaching preparation management. I would, if I was in charge, I would make my coaches prove how they go over situations at the end of halves, end of games, and overtime. Simple. You don't even need the players out there. You can simulate all of that. And my coaching staff would have to be experts in that. And I would require that these be taught to my players. This is simple classroom shit. It's not complicated. Whew. Heat Nuggets after the All-Star break shall be an entertaining game. Okay. After the All-Star break, you just want to win most of your home games. And if you can go 500 on the road, fine. Even under 500, it's not that bad. Was the Brock pick a bad pick in hindsight? No. Brock Osweiler? No. No, what was bad is not retaining Brock. What was bad was putting four years of work into a player and then selling him short. 
knowing we didn't follow through. Oh, okay. Well, I see what you're saying. Uh, well, all right, fine. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I was saying there too. You, it was a terrible plan. It was awful GMing by John Elway. You spent four years developing a guy, and you weren't ready to commit a contract to him. Why keep him? And that dude. Listen, you want to move on to Peyton Manning in the playoffs, fine. But you should have aggressively pursued a new contract with Brock Osweiler. And hindsight, and if you weren't willing to do that, say you weren't. Say you didn't want to do that. You should have begged Peyton Manning to come back for his fifth year. And you know what? I think if you went to Peyton Manning, you begged him to come back, begged him to come back, you could have drafted a quarterback or picked up another guy in free agency, and you probably would have been okay. But but why even bother with that? All you had to do was simply offer Brock a new deal. And if you didn't like Brock and you didn't think you were going to keep him, why the fuck did was he around? Why was he here for four years training? Uh, getting a lot of comments, which I really appreciate. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're sure drafting Lynch wasn't the biggest mistake with the most long-term negative effects. Yes, I am. It was bad. It was dumb. Look at the history of quarterbacks taken in the 20s. Why are playoff teams drafting quarterbacks? But no. Paxton Lynch thing you could move on from, and you were in a position to do so. It wasn't great. But it it was that, was, that only happened because you, you just won the Super Bowl and you didn't have a quarterback. It's like the most insane thing of all time. You win a Super Bowl, you don't have a quarterback. It's crazy. So that was just a dumb decision, but it wasn't even close to the scale of... Um, now, you could make the argument, well, that was bad because it scared you away from drafting a quarterback in the first round. And, I, I mean, you, you might be right about that, but it's insanely stupid. And it's it's apples to oranges because drafting somebody in the mid twenties compared to five, night and day difference. Everyone hit the like button. That would help. I'd appreciate that. All that shit helps this this YouTube channel. Man, Elway and Matt Russell were pretty incompetent after Super Bowl Fifty. Unfortunately, that is a true statement. I'm sorry that's the case. It sucks. I hate. That that is true. I hate that that is true. I tell you, John had the moment, though, man. He had the moment. You win Super Bowl 50. You don't have to retire, but look at what Joe Sackick did. You know, wins the Stanley Cup. Okay. And don't forget, John was not hired as the GM. He was hired as the president of football. Then he fired... Brian Zanders and made himself the GM. John could have simply, after winning Super Bowl 50, which is exactly what he should have done, elevated himself to president of football and hired a GM. And Matt Russell wasn't the right guy because, unfortunately, Matt got into that problem, um, which is very, very dangerous, a DUI situation, which could have cost a cop his life. And paid the price for it, was in a work release program, was commuting from the jail um, site at Arapahoe County Courthouse Jail, whatever, literally across the parking lot from Dove Valley. 
And listen, I get being a friend and and I do believe in um, second chances. And, and from everything I understand, Matt got his life together and I wish him nothing but the best. But the problem with that situation is that John's right-hand man became a, was just too indebted to him to be kind of an objective source. So all you got was, you know, the emperor has no clothes sort of moments. And, you know, you didn't have anybody who could really tell John Elway the truth on things. So while I, I'm happy for Matt's recovery and being a better person and all that, it just organizationally, it just doesn't make sense to have people. You need people to be honest with you. And if they're simply yes men to everything that you do, then you're just not, you know, going to be a healthy organization. That's the truth. That is the truth on that. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, actually, DMAC would be the second radio guy to turn a quarterback room. The king of the senior bowl who discovered Kirk Cousins and told Shani to draft him is right down the street. <laughs> yeah, you're funny. That's good. All right. Uh, are the Broncos looking another seven of eight years of playoff drought and losing? Having to watch KC win Super Bowl is sickening. Uh, no. Um, every team, if they do the right thing, can go from the worst team in the league to the playoffs within three years. And you can do that because of free agency and the draft. So, uh, because it impacts all the teams equally. That's why practically every team has a 30% turnover rate. That's why winning the last game of a season in the NFL means nothing in terms of the culture of the team. It's irrelevant. There's so much turnover. It, it really doesn't matter what happened the year before when Sean Payne was talking about, well, it's not my hump. And you hear that all the time. Listen, I wasn't here last year. And this, they're actually not wrong about that. That is actually um, a true statement. So uh, the answer to that question is actually no. So um, it's not that long. Now winning a championship is, is a different conversation. But just getting to the playoffs, a lot of teams make the playoffs. I mean, it takes 10 wins to get to the playoffs. So the question is, how do we win 10 games? Well, you won eight this year, so it's not that far away. You won five the year before. So this is where you could actually, if you're a pro-Russell Wilson person, this is absolutely the argument I would make. Look at the improvement. Okay, yeah, it wasn't what we expected. But with Russell Wilson, you did get better. You got four wins out of them the first year, and you got seven the second year. Broncos each year won a game without Russell Wilson. Uh, these jobs are all about nepotism in the NFL anyway. A lot of them are, that's for sure. What do you think uh, our chances of moving up to grab a quarterback are? Strong. You can always, listen, man, there's always ways to move up if you got a dance partner. So what are the chances? The chances are great. You got to give up first round draft picks and maybe talented players or acquire like one move you could do is figure out who wants Pats or Tan, trade them for first round picks and use those first round picks to move up. So you don't have to do a deal with Sertan, for example, with the team that you're moving up for, but you got to get some ammo for them. So 
it still probably makes sense if you're moving up to trade Patrick Sertan. It sucks. It's not ideal. It's not like a, you know, it's just the situation you're in. But yeah, I mean, sure. You, you, you've got the ammo to move up if you want to. You could trade Sertan to the Eagles. If they're willing to deal a first round pick for him. Now you got two first round picks. Well, now, all right, here you go. I'm not sure. Actually, I can figure out where the Eagles draft. Give me a second. I always have NFLMockDraftDatabase.com at the ready. Always. Just for moments like this. All right. Walter Football. When was this post? Today? All right. Let me look at Walter Football. I love Walter Football. They are obsessed with all things draft. Just go through it real quick. They got Caleb Williams going one to the Bears, so they don't have trades here. Williams one, Jane Daniels two, Washington, Drake May three, Patriots. I'll just scoot down to... And they got Bo Nix going to the Broncos at 12. Wouldn't hate it. I, I, I'd i be okay with it. Doesn't has, doesn't, And then they've got J.J. McCarthy going after that, so they don't... Uh, let's see if they even have Penix in the first round. The, the medicals on Penix are going to hurt him. No, they don't even have Penix in the first round. So the Eagles are at 22. Okay. And look at that. The Eagles on this mock, um, Terry and Arnold, who's a cornerback out of Alabama. So theoretically, the Eagles are looking for corner help. Well, would you rather have Terry and Arnold or would you rather have Patrick Sertan? Now, I mean, if they love Terry and Arnold and they don't think it's that big of a difference, then, well, you're kind of screwed. But it does show you there's a potential need at 22, so that could be a trade partner for the Broncos. So what if the Eagles were willing to give up a first and a third or a first and a second in this year's draft for Patrick Sertan? Well, that would be a pretty good deal. So the Broncos then would have 12 and 22. Well, hey, now we're talking. So we can do a deal with you, Washington. At two, we're going to give you... um. 12 and 22 this year we'll switch we'll switch and maybe we'll switch uh well we'll go to we'll we'll give you 12 so you go from 2 to 12 and you get you get a you, and you get 22 and you get our first round pick in 2025 okay so you're getting two first-round picks to move up. And that's what it would take. So do the can the Broncos do it? Sure. Sure. Of course they can. Of course they can. You just got to give something up, and it's going to be painful because you're giving up a starter next year. You're going to, you know, I don't know what you think the record of the Broncos is going to be next year, but you're giving that up. And um, yeah, you're getting capital for Sertan, so the equivalent. So you don't have to trade Sertan with Washington. You could just trade him with the Eagles and get that kind of capital or anybody else. All right, all right, all right. Uh, also, Talk for first and AJ Brown. Well, yeah, and that was that was speculated in Philadelphia, the AJ Brown one. And people in Philadelphia were like, no way, he's too valuable. <laughs> like Sertan wouldn't be enough. 
Eagles need a lot of help in secondary and also linebacker play. Well, we don't have anything to give them with linebackers. They're not going to be uh, – Josie Jewell's a free agent, and they're not going to care about um, – are, are you talking linebackers or outside linebackers? Where, what are you talking about, inside or outside? I mean, shit, man. If they want, like, Baron Browning, take them. Jonathan Cooper, who do you want? Nick Benito, whatever. Uh, 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 uh. Will the Broncos ever admit that they are real rebuilding or just try and scrape by? Well, no, they're no team really admits that. And you don't trade for a first round, a first round pick for a coach to be rebuilding. You do not do that. And would you really even want Sean Payton to be your rebuilding coach? How does that make any sense? Who knows how long this dude's even going to want to do the job? I mean, he is going to cash out, yo. I mean, he is going to make in three years. His contract's three years for $60 million. You, sh you sure he's not going to be clamoring to get back to TV after that? At 62, he just turned 60. 61 next year, 62 the year after. So can you imagine making that kind of cash at that point of your life? And, and then what? You're going to keep on doing it? The guy desires a spotlight he can cash in three years make 60 million dollars and scramble back to tv that sounds fucking amazing to me it sounds incredible does that sound like a guy who wants to rebuild how long do you imagine sean payton wanting this job for flacco or wilson you got a do-over for the past season who do you choose wow that is a weird Sophie's choice. I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess I would take Flacco because Flacco doesn't come with any baggage. You don't have any um, salary cap issues. You get them for minimum. You just get rid of them anytime you want. So, I mean, I, I guess Flacco. Because what you gave up for Russ and the contract you gave him, I mean, you had to not just get to a Super Bowl. To justify it, you had to win a Super Bowl. It was such a high-risk, high-reward move. But part of high-risk, high-reward is the high risk. It was on the surface, and we all were very hyped when it happened, no doubt about it, but it was pretty crazy. Uh, the Eagles were 4-12, and and then they were 10-6 and and won the division in 2013. Anything happened? Yeah, yeah, it's the NFL. That's what's great about the NFL. Like, in baseball, forget it. In baseball, you're just the Dodgers. You just buy championships or potential to compete for one. In baseball, you got to hope, like if you're the Rockies or any team, frankly, unless you're the Dodgers, that you squeak into the playoffs and then you, you get on a run. And then that can happen. That absolutely can happen. But you can't, like, the Rockies are unlikely to ever win the NL West. It's a way better chance that the Rockies actually win the World Series than the NL West. Weird, right? Uh, uh, 
since we're talking about linebacker, who is more important, Alex Singleton or Josie Jewell? Well, it's again, it's a moot point because Jewell's a free agent and he's just going to be gone and, and Singleton's under contract. So neither. Do you think the contract that they gave Russ was already predetermined that he would get before he came to Denver? Yeah, I do. Not, I mean, maybe not the specifics of the deal, but that a deal would happen. I, I don't, uh, there's a lot of hemming and hawing like, oh, you should have waited a year. Uh, that's, that's fun to say. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's not very realistic. So. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. Anything a lot. I mean, we got a lot of things here. Uh, are you guys going to miss seeing Taylor? Uh, no, yeah, nothing against her, but no. Do you think Sean Payton thought about his own legacy before he took the Broncos job? No, <laughs> I don't think he cared. I mean, um, the, the, the Wickersham piece goes through it. He was up there at Coeur d'Alene. It was the fall and all of his golfing buddies that he would sit around and playing cards and Wayne Gretzky and all those folks just left. And he was sitting there at a table by himself. Then there are tales at Fox Sports on Sundays. He'd be the first guy to get there, last guy to leave. And it wasn't because he was a hard worker. It's because he had nothing else to do. Sean Payton was bored. Simple as that. And he needed something to occupy his time. He's um, got a lovely wife, Skylene, and his kids are all grown. He was just looking for something to do that was more engaging than once a week TV. It was boring. That TV shit is for like Bill Cower. It's just a guy who was not retired at 49 to do TV and never looked back. There, there are some guys that, that want to compete and some guys who are just lazy. Tony Romo had several years left in the tank to play and settle for the TV, and guess what happened in TV? He got bored doing that too, and he didn't put the work in, and now he's on the cusp of losing that gig, and he probably should lose the gig. He's not that good. It's not that interesting. It's not that entertaining, and it sounded like when he was signing off that he was just done. So, um, yeah, I think Sean was just bored, basically. And he was third choice. It was Jim Harbaugh. It was D'Amico Ryans. During that process, Sean Payton uh, went and interviewed with the Cardinals. I mean, if the Broncos desperately wanted him, how are they letting him do that? He was wearing orange ties on TV to send out messages. So... No, he wasn't concerned about his legacy. He was worried about Tuesday, like what he was going to do. Uh, Tony Romo has mailed it in for the past four years. Yeah, totally agree. J.J. McCarthy's age intrigues me. I'd prefer young, talented, and raw to 24 and picking apart college defenses. Well, you're talking about Bo Nix, right? Um, 
I don't know, bro. Bo Nix started 61 games. It might be a quicker acclimation to the NFL. Actually, how old is Bo Nix? I don't think he's, he's, he's not 24, though, is he? I don't think so. He's older. Uh, oh, uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Shit. He's 23 and his birthday's coming up. Bo Nix, wow. Good, good pickup. Good job. Bo Nix will be 24 on February 25th. Wow, that's bananas, huh? Ah, that is kind of crazy. Good pickup. Good pickup. Let me look up Jaden Daniels really quick. Jaden Daniels just turned 23. It's more reasonable. JJ McCarthy. 21. And he just turned 21. Wow. Oh, man, though. That doesn't scare you. Penix is older, too, isn't he? I think. Penix Jr. Uh, Penix is 23, and he'll turn 24 in May. These are college players, huh? That's kind of, that is kind of crazy. I'm thinking of my own kid who competes in college sports right now, and he's a redshirt junior. He's 21. He should be better than those 18-year-olds. So, yeah, JJ's young. He's super young compared to these guys. Uh, DMAC, what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Thin Mint. What else is there? Anyway, uh, Nuggets tonight. Who you got? I'll take the Nuggets, man. I'll, I'll hope for the Nuggets. I think they, they've had a couple days to rest. I think they can steal one. Um, you got to win some games at home. I think they're going to kill Sacramento on Wednesday. We finally have a game at Ball Arena. It's been a minute since that's happened. And I'm looking forward to tonight. And on that note, you lead me right into it. Um, I'll be back with uh, right around 8 o'clock or so, 5 to go. So 5 to go is simple. Um, with five minutes left to go in the road, Avs and Nuggets games. I haven't figured it out for home games. I don't know how to quite do that yet. But with road games, at least, with five to go, um, I am happy to, more than happy to jump on, watch the last five minutes with y'all, and then we go right into a post game. I watch the Nugget. I have Fubo. Love Fubo. And I watch Altitude on Fubo. That's exactly what I do. And um, see every game. That's the way it goes. So I'll be back later tonight. Appreciate you hanging out with me. I always enjoy this. We will be back tonight. Um, if you can, like and subscribe. Pass the word on. I'd appreciate it. And keep this channel going the best you can. So I'll see you later tonight um, for the game. Go Nuggets.